You're listening to WALT. Homegrown. Homemade radio. Live oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> is that what you want to say? It is Saturday night. It yeah, is Saturday. New York, technically, so. Yeah. Do we want to start? Let's begin. I guess we've already kind of what? started. All right. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Welcome to Fisher Family Ghosts. I'm Sam Dingman. I'm Adrian Bain. Adrian, would you like to tell people where we are? Oh, my God. We are in a funeral home. <laughs> and it's not like we sought it out because we're so committed to our podcast, but... Coincidentally, my mom's fiance. 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 Congratulations, by the Congratulations, way. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. I think I talked about it a few episodes ago of being like, my mom just got engaged and I have a lot of feelings. Um, but we are in a funeral home right now, and Peter has Peter, my mom's fiance, has transformed the what room are we in? We're in the chapel. We're in the chapel. He has transformed the chapel into a private movie showing screen. (laughs) (laughs) So we can all watch Six Feet Under, big screen. 60. 60 60-inch screen that we're, you know, projecting onto the wall of the chapel. Yes. Peter, would you like to tell people what normally happens in this room when it's not being used as a Six Feet Under movie theater? Well, this is where we meet as far as a family and and friends and relatives to have services for the deceased. So it makes it a special place to meet. And can you tell us a little bit about, this is not just any old funeral home. This this has been in your family for how long? Uh, Since 1954. Dad started this in 1954. I took over January of 1984. Do you know what prompted him to want to start a funeral home? Well, uh, when he got out of World War II... Uh, he really, his love of animals, he wanted to become a veterinarian, so the story goes. And uh, But there was all the veterinarian schools were filled, so <laughs> the next best thing, because he lived in such a smu- uh, small community and raised in a small community, that uh, thought that funeral directing might be the way to go. Wow. So he became a funeral director. And how did you come to be the proprietor of it. Well, having lived, having lived here upstairs all my life with five children, five or four siblings and two adults, uh, parents, that um, I was the one and only that chose to stay with it after uh, about 10th grade in high school. And was that because you expressed like a particular interest in it or? Well, c- correct, yes. Yeah, it's really interesting that your dad went from being in the war Right? Where World was War he? II. Where was he? Normandy Beach invasion. Oh my oh my god. Yeah. So and yeah, I remember you saying that he hasn't like he didn't really talk about that. That's right. Right? Which that's really sad. Too bad we didn't have mics back then. But I think that's really interesting that he was like kind of surrounded by so much death at that point. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And like do you feel like as a kid you were pretty desensitized to around the idea of death? Like Born and raised in it, you become normalized. Right. This is the norm for me. Was there like a specific moment when you and your dad had a conversation where you said, I want to do this, and he said, one day this will all be yours, or something like that? Uh, With my dad, as as any World War II veteran, you have to work for what you get (laughs) and want. So you had to kind of prove yourself. Uh, Dramatically. Hmm. What did you have to do to to prove yourself? Well, uh... Certainly, definitely show interest and be committed mm-hmm. because it is a 24-7 business. Yeah. 
uh, you have to be on call 24-7. And that just means even though you're young, you have requirements to, to show up when you're called upon. Right. Yeah. But I started in the business probably when I was about 14. 14. Yeah. What were things that you would do when you were 14? Uh, stand door, help with removals of the deceased, be at a home or an institution. Um, of course, other non-funeral things, but huh. involved with it, washing cars, mowing lawns, taking care of the mm -hmm. facilities because it's an 1880s Victorian, so there's always something to do around here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to get into the... No. Helped out in bombing, but helped out. When Let's say <laughs> witnessed it. When was the first time you did it? it. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time you did it by yourself? What? When you embalmed a body by yourself? Oh God, I don't remember my God. Wait, is the reason that you don't want to get into it because you weren't supposed to be doing the That's embalming? correct. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, very much so. Yeah, there, there's legal things involved oh, okay. in this whole thing. Sure. Well, we won't say the name of this. the funeral home. Right. Yeah. right, 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 right. Let's all take a moment to list every legal thing each of us have ever done. <laughs> so we will be here for... There's one or two for... illegal things, but look at the list of legal things that I've done. So, Peter, is there anyone else other than the living in this building with us right now? Are you in the press? Do you have a body right now? Like, is there oh, anyone hanging out in the Yes, other of course there's one hanging around with us right now. Well, they're not hanging, but... No, they're not. <laughs> cool, there's a body in the other room. In the nice. other room, respectfully covered, nice. etc., yeah. So, who else is here is my family, part of my family. So, my youngest sister, Jessica, a.k.a. Claire... And my mom, who is like the antithesis of Ruth. <laughs> I'm comparing you guys. This is my middle name, though. Can we swap? Do you want to swap with? I don't think you're going to like this, Ruth, though. On? Wait. I don't know. Jess's middle name is Ruth. I want to go to Sarah. And please. Regina is considering Claire as a name. I need mask quantity. Oh, my God. Let's apply way more meaning to this yeah, than is actually necessary. That's my job. I know. So, Peter, you have seen Six Feet Under before. Oh, yes. Can you say when you watched it, did you, I mean, obviously we're about to watch an episode, so it'll probably refresh your memory, but what, it, what's your memory of, did you find it to be an accurate depiction of um, It life started out really uh, pretty accurate, but uh, to me it just turned into more uh, drama than it did actually <laughs> focusing on the actual business part of it, mm -hmm. which is okay too, because you can just handle so much right. death. Um, but as I understand, I remember that the, every scene opened up with somebody passing. Yes. In some sort of circumstance, which was either you know naturally or um, tragically, accidentally or whatever. So, and that's truly what happens. Correct. Mm -hmm. So by day by day, it's very fascinating what might you know what happens. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, the drama part of it. Well, that can happen, I guess, in anybody's life. But. <laughs> yes. I guess you're specifically, as somebody who runs a funeral home, trying to avoid the drama part of it. Well, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now.
So your dad died, huh? What was that like? I don't know. Doesn't seem real. I never knew anybody that died. Well, I grew up in a funeral home, so I was always around it. Okay, was that like completely weird? Yes. Jess, you get the first question. I want to know what it was like to watch the eighth episode <laughs> of the first season of this show with zero frame of reference. Yeah. Like, in if you had to summarize what this show is about, You've never watched it. based on what you just saw, what would you yeah. say? I mean, it's just about a family, like every other show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's but it's, probably, you know, it's just another show about a family, different setting. That's actually interesting that it, it came across. That's so much simpler. That than, way. Yeah. 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 Simple-minded woman. <laughs> I did so far from the truth. <laughs> simple, simple-minded showrunners, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like they do take such a simple premise and they do add like a lot of layers well, yeah. on it. You go it. person by person in the whole family. And that's how the episode rotates the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is a pretty common story structure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is my favorite show. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess, was there anything in particular that you found? What, what? I don't like starting things in the middle, so... Oh, great. I'm glad we brought you're you lucky on. lucky that you even got me to do this in the first place. Oh, okay. I, I choose to interpret that as a testament to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, something. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. I like talking about death. Death. Death is lurking in the background. So yes, could be a tagline for yes. the show. <laughs> I know. You should have had me on as a copywriter. I would have been great at 11. Okay, Peter, I have a question for oh. you. At the beginning of the show, they say... It's been nine days since they got a body, and they're like, "Ugh, what's the longest we ever went without getting a body?" So I'm curious to know for you, what's what's the longest you've ever gone without? Are you allowed to say that? Getting a body? No, it's it's gone quite an extended period of time, because death has no time. Yeah. True. Longer than nine days? Can you say that? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Is that a weird headspace to be in to like hope for people to die so that oh, business? Oh well, up? now come on. <laughs> director on this uh yes admittedly uh, <laughs> <laughs> just it's not like peter's just like sitting in the chapel waiting yeah right you know right. like when well, i answer the phone on the first ring right now no yeah no, yeah no. yeah have you ever decided to host a senior dance uh oh how interesting event? Uh, actually <laughs> well not necessarily a dance but some other use for the funeral home yeah let's yeah. do hot yoga in this makes room really fucking <laughs> 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 you know, especially after a body's been in uh-huh <laughs> Take it in. I felt like in the beginning, this one in particular focused on the the funeral home business aspect. Did well, you have to take that test? Yes, of course. So what's like what's on that? Test? Well, in New York State, you have to do two years of uh, education in mortuary science. Then when you're done with that, you have to take a national board test, uh-huh. and then following that, you have to do a year's residency at a funeral home before you actually get your funeral director's license in New York State. Obviously, the uh, typical things is uh, anatomy and physiology, not necessarily physiology, but uh, biology, mm-hmm. um, psychology. Like bedside manner. Well, in in, respe- in retrospect of people handling grief. Yeah. I think it's coffin-side manner. Uh, and, and right around enough is uh, the history of funeral directing. Did you find, like when you took the test mm-hmm. and started working, that... Because you already had so much real-world experience, right? Uh, I mean, that's 99% of this business is being part of it and 
Yeah, I mean, what did they have to teach you in these training programs? Well, the basics, like, like, do they actually teach you embalming? Mm Because you have to literally do embalmings at the school. Of course, me knowing ahead of time a lot about it gave me certainly a... This is your way of telling us you were the teacher's pet. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, yes, only because (laughs) I was actually going to college before I even went to college. I was uh, during the summer before I started, I was hired, not hired, I was asked to, if I wanted to, come in and do summer embalmings before school started. Mm -hmm. So I helped the teacher do embalmings before school started, which I got all my embalmings requirements before I even started school, (laughs) but I still continually did embalmings during school only to show the students that I was not a teacher. Oh my God. So had you gleaned a little bit off of your dad? Well, it's always nice to have a uh, good teacher. So you were all, so even when you were doing the summer program, did you still feel like you were a little bit of a head of the game? Because you had this actual- (laughs) freaking (laughs) literally, yeah, absolutely. She was quite impressed on what I knew. Interesting. Uh So in this episode, Rico does a full face. In this episode- Reconstructive. Have you done anything not to like that? that? Ex- not to that extent. Sometimes it just turns into where it's like, uh, you know, there's just way too much time involved in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They kind of downplayed that. That would have taken many, 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 many hours to do that. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't they, really put him on, they put him under watch and be done by the end of the day. That's no possible way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No possible way. Right. Interesting. So I felt like the, Anatomy, yes. the main theme in this episode, to my mind, was loyalty. Um, and what it means to be loyal. Sam and I have kind of noticed that with the first, that first clip, like the person who dies, whatever happens tends to be kind of the theme for the rest of the show. So what happens to this woman is she gets her face slammed in. So it's like everything you thought you knew, you actually don't know. And I feel like that came up a lot Mm -hmm. in that, like, Rico left them, who was a very dedicated, loyal um, employee. Their face got smashed, you know, the Fisher Sons, their faces got smashed in. Well, also, you could even be more literal. She, Chloe, ends up being literally two-faced. And (sighs) Rico (gasps) is... Yeah. and, And Brenda are both openly lying to the people who they supposedly are loyal to. Yeah, that's good. And I think also everybody in Claire's world is too. You know, like people are not what they seem. Right. The the two-faced, that's great. Stanford pot smoker guy Mm -hmm. who she thinks is her friend. And then it turns out that her her friend from high school puts on a face of being kind of a goody Mm two-shoes, but she's actually... Mm -hmm. Just like her, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Claire is, like, perceived as being this, a like, real, goth, artsy, right, whatever. Exactly. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm just, like, kind of a weirdo. Yeah. So <gasps> here's my question to that end. And this is literally just opinion. Um, do we think that Brenda and Connor actually had a thing? Or were they really just friends? I think, I think there's just, a history. I think there's maybe a history. Maybe not in the visit. Maybe not in the visit, but... right. There's a level of comfort there where it's like, whoa. To take that, yeah. Was the photo of the two of them? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
It was a little hard boning to see. in the photo. That's what I thought they were doing. That's, I, I thought was they a were naked confused. boning on the beach in the photo. It is, but it was I, hazy. It is a little. It wasn't like. <laughs> it is a picture that is evocative of boning. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It's it's a bone vocative photo. <laughs> That's a new one. Do I think that they... Sounds like the Wankster Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) Brenda and Nate have had a really weird back and forth. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Brenda kind of sucks. (laughs) High key. Thank you. It's painfully evident the minute that she steps on screen, she sucks. Wait. What what is your perception of her... This has been a huge dynamic on the show so far is... Adrian, just like from the instant Brenda appears, was like, I do not like this person. Yeah, you would also think that on the phone call, she oh. would be like, there's a naked Australian in my house, FYI. Oh, yeah, totally. Right. Who right. broke in. <laughs> and do you, like, I do don't you know. think that Brenda was kind of sussing out if there was anything with this Aussie guy? And then she was like, mm, no, there isn't. Like, do you think she was kind of using him as an escape? I think what happened Making is, yeah. yeah, but I think I think I think she had something in the past, as you guys were saying, with this Connor character, and because her sense of intimacy with Nate was even vaguely threatened, that happened in the previous episode. Okay, she decided that she would get back together with him because obviously it can never work out with Nate, and she should just give up on it. Just did you connect with the Claire character at all? I like her vibe. <laughs> if I met her in, like at college, I'd be like, "Interesting. Mm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Who are you? <laughs> Tell me more about you." Yeah, <laughs> I would go hiking with her. Cool. Yeah, and just like gripe about stuff the whole time. Absolutely. What about the all the the politics between? The funeral homes, Croner and yeah. the Fishers. He offered Rico a funeral home to run, basically. Oh, that is that what him. he offered him? Oh, so he was saying you could run your own well funeral home. Well, oh, he said them, he was setting. Them. No, that because they sense. have so many. Right. Oh, that's okay. what they do: is stick funeral directors in he said that he was homes. Give him like a home to live in. That's no, what I thought. No, no. Are you serious? Yeah, that's, that's what, what both of you thought. <laughs> She, That's what I thought too. The admittedly. wife was saying she <laughs> wanted to live in a house, not an apartment. Right. Well, yeah. because yeah. when you run a funeral yeah. home, you're able to get a little more money to offer to live yeah. in a right. home rather than right. an apartment. So I thought it was rather than just being a hired home. embalmer. So would they have given Rico kind of the same setup as this? Of like, right? You, you live you up probably top. That's right. Correct. Huh? More than likely. Yep. Interesting. Wow. Wow, I didn't realize how much they were giving him. See, Peter, this is why it's good to watch the show with somebody who actually knows <laughs> know. a single thing about we the business. We should just erase the previous seven episodes that we've done, because yes. now we and, just and, really don't. And Rico don't. should have been taking that job, yes. So you think Rico should have... Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Jumped on that in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I think you'll see in future episodes. Yes. The, the Rico story is Did not Did you watch complete. all of it, Peter? Oh, yeah. In that vein... Another thing about this episode is that all of a sudden, um, David and Nate are like friends. Who it, is David? David is the well. They're starting to find gay their places brother. in life. He's the one who looks like Marco and Rubio. To get along. 
right? I'm not wrong though, right? <laughs> I was thinking it the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I, didn't hear, I didn't hear She that. said David? Yeah. David. the one that looks like Marco Rubio. Oh he, yes, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. You're absolutely That's really right. funny. Wait, he really does look like Marco. Yes, he does. I couldn't get it out of my eyes every time he was on the screen. Let's stay with the the Rico thing because th this also is the f this is the first episode in the series so far where you actually learn a lot. It goes into Rico as a as a person mm -hmm. more than Rico has been like an accessory to the plot up to this point. But yeah, okay. And in this one. Well, they're showing him that he has more responsibility because his wife is pregnant, et cetera. And yeah. So he's using that as an ex excuse to kind of like now, oh, wow, I got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Shit or get off the pot type yeah. of thing. And so. we get to see the wife a lot more, yeah, Oh, too. yeah. She's like pushing him to say, you know, you, you need, we need to step it up, too. You do such fine work, obviously, that yeah. you, know, you need to move on. Something I liked about that is the scene at the funeral of or the viewing of Chloe where they're standing in front of the casket, just very openly talking about what a great job Rico right. did with right. no regard for her life, which is something that throughout the series, when you see Rico, he's always mostly just proud of his restorative work um, and doesn't seem to have a whole lot invested in, like, the humanity of hmm. the person who he did the yeah, work for. Yeah, right. He's that, you know, gruel ghoul part of it, like, you know, the one that stays in the basement doing the uh, yeah. nasties, you know. <laughs> the nasty part of it, the, the mechanicals. Well. And, uh, you know, there's other parts, though, obviously, to the business where, right. but some are better at things than others, you know, like anything. Would you say that personality trait is true of embalmers you have met, that they are more, a little more focused on the, the craft than they are the person they're doing the craft on? <laughs> the preparation of the body is very important, and the person doing it, uh, you can tell that they're very well at what they do. And to take stock on who you're actually working on and why and all that uh, has a lot to do with it. And the reason, you know, why they died, etc. When you have a person who dies tragically like Chloe did, then... Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're, you're putting your heart and your soul into it because you want to make sure that that family will be able to, you know, uh, grieve. Hmm. So what about that part at the end where David slash Marco Rubio? <laughs> I honestly forgot that his name was David already. <laughs> <laughs> what about that part, though, where he's excited that there's been this bus accident? That's, that's so a weird. little extreme, right? Okay, I mean, okay. You know, that's good to hear. <laughs> well, that's what people perceive when we do get businesses like, oh, you bet, glad your phone rang, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, there was an airplane accident, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, I'm sorry, but yeah, that's how public really, you know, perceives us, you know. It's Can I ask a funeral question? And this is just like my own curiosity mm -hmm. is like, why? Why do we do open casket? Because it makes the people realize that death has occurred. Oh. Um, there's five stages to death, as you know. Okay. And one is the realization that it happened. Uh. And if you don't actually, sometimes for families that don't get to view their body, don't necessarily acknowledge that the person has died. So they skip a couple steps in the grieving process, which can, for some, make it difficult because everybody handles death differently. Mm. And others don't need to see a body, but others should and do. 
So mm-hmm. hence why we do that. I, something I did think we got to see in this episode is David says to him, Marco says to him, um, <laughs> <Right>. okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> sorry, that might have been confusing for a moment. I don't always want to be bad cop. And Nate interprets that as, I won't just be a cop, I'll be like a full-blown detective. Like he calls Federico's house because he suspects that he's taking the embalming fluid from the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really like cracks the case yeah, right. pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but then we still see, like... Well, which that's I where think, David's oblivious to all what's going on. Yeah. So where Nate's more into the detail part. Yeah. Really, what's going on with you, Nico? You know, you're not just a hired hand coming. I want to understand why you're here. And, right. Exactly. And it's why awesome. Why was he even stealing embalming Because he was taking it to the other place to work on another body. But I don't understand but why do they, they not have stuff. Well, exactly. funeral directors or embalmers especially have their stuff. own way of doing things. Oh. And typical that they're used to working with, chemicals right. or cosmetics, et cetera, et cetera. Huh. So in order to have that, they go with what know, they know works. So they grab what they know works. I took that as like a painter wouldn't, a painter right, would correct. want his own paints, correct. right? Correct, absolutely. They're Got artists, it. absolutely. They're artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Another question I have about that is there's, I think, a really interesting part in the scene where Claire's driving back with her friend and she says, um, the friend said, her new friend says, Your dad died. What was that like? <laughs> Amazing dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> that well, was not the best written line. Yeah. A legitimate question for a young person who's never been subjected to death. True. So she's asking because she's firsthand. That's true. You know, other than living in a funeral home, now she's witnessed the death of her own family member, which is very important. Well, so that that's this is the question I wanted to ask is Claire gives this really interesting answer where she says the death of her father doesn't seem real, even though she grew up around death. Correct. So she's saying, I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Even though I live in a funeral home, I'm not yet accepted my dad's death. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Basically, which is part of grieving. So she's going through the stages of grieving. Hmm. That's really interesting, Peter. I, I hadn't consi- I really, I asked this question because I wanted it to be something about like, well, when you grow up in a funeral home environment, death becomes one, like this surreal thing to you, but you're a death in your own family is very difficult to process. We're still human beings. That's what I as you, as you gave well, that answer, I realized I was asking you, like, are you some kind of weirdo? Who <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Most people say I am. <laughs> I wish I was a ghoul. <laughs> oh no, you don't. <laughs> I don't know. Once on some scary old minor town in the west. <laughs> There's an old coal mine. I don't know. Just <laughs> you did canary bones. <laughs> you once told me that someone asked you what Disney princess you related to, and you're like, I related most to Shrek. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and this is why Adrian wanted to ask you if you resonated with Claire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Because I think, honestly, I, I like, analyze the siblings the most, and I think that they're such well-written, like, eldest, middle, youngest. I'm not going off on a tangent, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) This is all part of it. Drama, yes. (laughs) But I think that Claire, one of the things that stood out to me was, like, 
I felt like Claire was so well written as a youngest sibling. Mm-hmm. In that she has yeah, this like I literally want and, and to go a female in the woods right now. And a female yeah, and go in a hike. Yeah. But like and, way older yeah. siblings way and older. like she just she doesn't know what she that wants just yet, but she just has so much more street knowledge because she's been around older siblings and I really resonate with Nate because Nate is like I'm just gonna go live somewhere else and like see what happens like you're I just literally love bullying you <laughs> you're just like as the oldest you're just constantly the old like this guinea pig of like what is happening <laughs> and the youngest one is so much more like I don't know what I want yet but I know I don't want any of this I feel like I've always known what I want mm-hmm Always. Do you, do you think, think that's, that's because, because you had two older sisters and you got to see kind of like whether or not you were aware of it, you kind of got to see like, okay, don't do that. Well, I did neither. I feel like of what you or Regina did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all. And did. I'm still figuring it out because it's postponed because of the coronavirus. So I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird time to ask you this question. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you Five just seem in three left to go. Yeah. Don't know when I'm gonna finish it. But I, I just, and I mean, like, this is a question that will never fully be answered, but, like, is, like, how much are we influenced by our own siblings? Yeah, I guess there's no way for Jess to answer the question. Like, ah, yes, I consciously have decided that I yeah. am 62% Adrian. But it's and also, like, you and Regina moved out when I was, like, 12. Yeah. So there's a big chunk of time where I've just been, you know, sitting by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it's like, what What was I to be influenced by? Adrian is in some country that I don't really know exists. <laughs> and then Richard is, I don't know, with cows somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just like doing math at school. So. <laughs> um, all right, let me see. Let me see if there's anything else. Oh, we did finally get an answer to who set the fire. Why yeah. would they do that? Uh, well, I was a little confused about that, too. I don't understand. So the competitor bought a home on the corner, the same corner as the same Fisher corner. Funeral Home, mm-hmm. with probably the intention of running a funeral home yeah. to compete, and then yeah. they decided not to, so they burned the place? It was an older building. That's fine. They're all older. Look at this. <laughs> I'm not going to burn it down. <laughs> Is it just for insurance money? Uh, I guess not necessarily, but because they're, they're such a large conglomerate. Funeral home, like large volume, mm-hmm. that I think they finally realized, maybe, or just quickly realized that, you know, the fishers are going to give them a run for the money and it wasn't worth setting up shop there. Yeah. Hmm. Did, oh. So instead of just because they know the building's only good for a funeral home, who's going to buy it otherwise? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I it was weird. Like, I didn't buy the explanation of the show in that moment. Like, I, I like the idea that Brenda or Claire set the fire much more. Than the idea really? that Corona. Oh, I wish Claire burned it down. Yeah, me too. When there's this weird, because there's this weird moment at the end of that episode where the funeral home, the Corona funeral home is on fire, and Nate looks back at Claire, and it's the same episode where she stole the foot, and you see Claire kind of go like squint suggestively at Nate, <laughs> and the implication is, I did this. Yeah, <laughs> she's too busy sucking toes. <laughs> <laughs> TBST. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> TBST. That's going to be my sign off for every email I write professionally. What? <laughs> 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 Two seconds, <laughs> TBST. 
just to <laughs> on the record, I don't have a foot fetish. <laughs> this is a this is a judgment free space. Okay, but I am not a foot person. Okay. <laughs> okay. Loud and clear. You just want to sell pictures of your feet. Yeah, make money off of it. Obviously. Wait, Jess, you can do that though. I know. I've been telling mom for weeks and she's like <laughs> she keeps looking Why'd at me. Why'd you weird. pick your foot? Why not your hand? Why not your head? Not why your ear. You got what? Quentin Tarantino will pay you a lot of money to take photos of your feet. For heaven's sake. Does anyone have his phone number? Do you guys have any contact? Actually, we're probably three steps away from Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening. Quentin, I'm almost 21. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 5'8, blonde, blue eyed. (laughs) I've got size 10 women's shoes. (laughs) Actually, being a size 10 is probably like. Exactly, it's a niche. I'm not average. You should get an OnlyFans for just your feet. Um, I do have a little bit of eczema on my feet, though. So. <laughs> wow. And my toenails are all fucked up because I duck a bit at once. Uh, <laughs> what? My a toenail tail, broke. A tail as <laughs> old as time. Quinn, again, the email is... <laughs> once again, if that story did anything for you, uh, FFGN... <laughs> Sidebar, sidebar. It's amazing W-A-L-T. how we've slowly come into Jessica's feet only fans page. Honestly, my sister's going I'm, through college and is really needs money. I I have thirty dollars left in my bank account. I'm trying my hardest. I don't I don't think we're gonna top that for an ending for the episode. So I kind of love that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I hope this is your highest rated episode. <laughs> Well, this has been uh, Fisher Family Ghosts. Um, as we said, FFG at WALT-FM if you are interested in any of the things that we've talked about on the episode. Telling us how the episode was, telling us how to get in contact with my youngest sister. I'm <laughs> She's dead 20, serious. Still just has, she's 20, over oh. 18, but not 21. Quentin, please. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, do you, any last words uh, that you want to share with the, the good people? In in Fisher Family Ghosts Nation, uh, just have fun watching. <laughs> that Very is nice. That is a beautiful sign off. Mm-hmm.